What's up, what's up? Welcome back to the 14th episode of Cinematic Minds. On this episode, we'll be discussing the 1993 film, Six Degrees of Separation, which is our second episode in our series related to the film career of Will Smith. We'll then discuss Will Smith receiving his first Oscar. So first, our usual quick announcement. Before we get started, this podcast is a spoiler zone podcast in which we'll discuss the entire plot of the film. All right, let's get started. For those of you who have listened to the first 13 episodes, we thank you for returning. For those of you who are listening for the very first time, we hope you enjoy the ride. So sit back and relax, but first, listen to these cool sounds provided by our musical curator, my bruh, DJ Chuck D. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We are now here to talk about the film Six Degrees of Separation. Uh, first, before we kick things on off, I uh, want to do some brief introductions or reintroductions. Uh, we are three brothers and one sister. Um, <clears throat> my name is Ed Hollingsworth. I am the oldest brother. I'm Theo Hollingsworth. I'm the middle brother. And I'm Malcolm Hollingsworth, the youngest brother. And I am Elaine, Malcolm's fiance. His boot thing. Yeah. <laughs> So Elaine, just tell us a little quick, you know, you know. Keep my fiance's name out of your motherfucking mouth. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my God. Wow, we're just going it's right into it. About it. <laughs> so just to give everyone heads up, we are recording this on March 28th, 2002, uh, which is a glorious day because one of our favorite actors. Yeah, 2022. Um, a lot of us have enjoyed Will Smith and Will Smith yesterday won his first Academy Award for King Richard. Um, but the story doesn't end there, and we will continue that later on. Um, but we are here primarily to talk about the film Six Degrees of Separation. Why are we here to talk about Six Degrees of Separation? As we have mentioned earlier in season two, we primarily plan on focusing on uh, the illustrious film career of Will Smith. And Six Degrees of Separation is Will Smith's first film role so we thought this would be the best place to start and again i don't think you get more timely than this i want to start off with giving a quick bio or description summary of six degrees of separation i read somewhere that everybody on this planet is separated by only six other people six degrees of separation the president of the united states or gondolier in venice is Telling the names. Hello. How everyone is a new door opening into other worlds. Is it just big names? Is anyone? Hello. A native in a rainforest of Tierra del Fuego and an Eskimo. I am bound, I'm, you are bound, everyone on this planet by a trail of six people. Hello. Six degrees of separation between us and everyone else on this planet. <clears throat> New Yorkers, 
Louisa Kittredge, played by Stalker Channing, and John Flanders Kittredge, played by Donald Sutherland, are upper-class private art dealers, pretentious but compassionate. Their prized possession is a double-sided Kandinsky. One side represents control, the other, chaos. They relay a story to their friends and acquaintances that becomes legendary over time. Their encounter with a young black stranger who comes stumbling upon their front door one evening as they were courting Jeffrey Miller, played by Sir Ian McKellen, an important investor who could make them wealthy beyond their dreams. The young man, Paul Portier, played by Will Smith, had just arrived in the city when he was mugged outside their building. He, he sported a minor knife wound to the abdomen. He was a friend of the Kittredge's children who are attending Harvard. More importantly, he's a son of, of actor and director Sidney Poitier. Tomorrow, Paul is meeting up with his father who is in town directing a movie of Cats. Beyond the attraction of taking Paul into getting them roles into the movie, Louisa, Flan, and Jeffrey all end up being captivated by Paul's charm, charisma, pedigree, and eloquence. After tending to his wounds, the Kittredges invite him to stay the night. Their encounter with him ends up being an all-too-familiar story that leads them on a search for him after he leaves their house the next morning. In that search, Louisa in particular starts to critically study their lives and how much compassion they actually have. Some quick stats on this film. It was released on December 8th, 1993. And it was a flop, a box office flop. It had a budget of $12 million. It grossed 6.4. This was actually based off of a play that starred Stalker Channing who played um, Stalker Channing is a lead role, the lead actress in this. Um, she got nominated for a Tony Award. And this play was based off of a real life story of a young man named Dave Hampton, who unfortunately passed away of AIDS in 2003. And what Dave Hampton did was he did this and he impersonated with some um, elites, some New York elites. And these New York elites ended up telling the story to a playwright uh, I forget his name, but I think it's Paul Gould. And then Paul Gould made this as a play. And Stalker Channing starred in it, and then they made it a movie. Um, so the cast, before I open it up to first impressions, the cast stars Will Smith, Stalker Channing, Donald Sutherland, Ian McKellen, Mary Beth Hart, Bruce Davison, Richard Masur, Anthony Michael Hall, Heather Graham, Anthony Rapp, and last but not least, J.J. Abrams. Some of y'all may know, may or may not know who J.J. Abrams is, but if you don't know, I'm going to tell you because it kind of tripped me on out once I did some research, and I was like, wait, that's J.J. Abrams? So we'll talk about it's it. It's so funny because I'm like, I didn't do any of this research till right now, and now over here, I'm like five seconds behind learning all that. I just found out about J.J. <laughs> Abrams. And then I just found out that this is a real life story. And I'm like, shit, this changes my whole perspective on this now. Wow, this is great. Sorry, I'm just. Sidney Poitier, the future Jackie Robinson of films, was born the 24th of February, 1927 in Miami during a visit his parents made to Florida. Legally? 
to sell tomatoes they had grown on their farm in the Bahamas. He grew up on Cat Island, so poor they didn't even own dirt, he has said. Neglected by his family, my father would sit on the shore, and as he's told me many times, conjure up the kind of worlds that were on the other side, and what I do in them. He arrived in New York City from the Bahamas in the winter of 1943, at the age of 15 and a half, and lived in the pay toilet of the bus station across from the old Madison Square Garden at 50th and 8th Avenue. He moved to the roof of the Brill Building, commonly known as Tin Pan Alley, washed dishes at a turf restaurant for $4.11 a night. He taught himself to read by reading the newspaper. <laughs> in the black newspaper, the theater page was opposite the Wanthad page. Among his 42 films are No Way Out, 1950, Cry the Beloved Country, 1952, Blackboard Jungle, 1955, The Defiant Ones, 1958, Raisin in the Sun, 1961, Lilies of the Field, 1963, In the Heat of the Night, 1967, To Sir With Love, 1967, Shoot to Kill, 1988, and of course, Guess Who's Coming to <laughs> He won the Oscar for Lilies of the Field and was twice named top male box office star in the country. My father made no films from 1977 to 1987, but worked as director and author. Dad said to me once, I still don't fully understand how all this came about and the sequence it came about. I'm excited to get into it. Hurry up and finish oh, up. Oh, that was combo, man. We're here, man. It's a conversation. It's a conversation. So I did a whole bunch of talking. Uh, I usually tip it, tee it off to y'all. So you know what? Ladies first, uh, I hate to put you on the spot, but Elaine, how about you tell us about your first impression? Because Malcolm told me that this was your first time ever watching this. Ever, yeah, ever. it was my first time ever watching it. Um, honestly, my first impression when it started off was, you know, there's a lot of dialogue. It was a little slow. Um, I was really hoping it would like get going a little bit and then it did, which I was happy about. And then it kind of had a weird ending. Um, overall, I, I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, but you know, wasn't the best thing I've seen. Wasn't the worst. Um, hey, you ain't hurt my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting to see Will Smith, um, you know, in that type of uh, character because I, I hadn't seen him portrayed that way and I hadn't seen him so young either. So that was kind of yeah. cool. I haven't seen the movie Gemini Man, but I've seen like a lot of like trailers for it. And in Gemini Man, it's like a younger version of him. And it's a trip because if you look at the, the computer animated version of him looking younger, it does look like Will Smith like 30 years ago. So. Wow. Crazy. Has any, have Malcolm, have you seen Gemini Man? No, I heard it was trash. I never watched it. So it's on Netflix. Interesting. Last week, Gemini Man was one of the most popular movies on Netflix. I think a lot of people were like, hmm, Will Smith movies. Yeah. (laughs) I've never seen it. I've never seen it either. I fell asleep on it. And it feels like 10 years ago if that movie came out, I'd have been so hyped to see it. But like, I don't know. Here's my thing, especially after reading Will. I got to be honest. Here's my thought process on that movie. I bet you that came across his desk in like 2005. And he was like, great. This would be a cool movie for me and Jaden to be in. And then Jaden's kind of like decide, hey, I'm not into this acting thing. So he's like, all right, I'm going to do a computer, a computer animated young version of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, what, what about you, man? What was your first, uh, first impression? Yeah, so I've seen it a while back, probably about like 10 years ago. I don't know. I thought I remembered it being better. I was like more hyped up to watch this. Like, um, and I was like, I don't know. I, I didn't, re- didn't remember it being as confusing. Um, 
Uh, for me, like, yeah, like the plot, like the message of the movie kind of went over my head. I mean, we can elaborate it, on this. It took me 30 years to figure out what this movie means. Okay. And I just now figured it out last week. Hey, yeah, elaborate. Because, like, I was like, degrees <laughs> of separation. I know what it means, but I'm like, I don't know how it really correlates to, like, the story that was told. Yeah. yeah. Were you going to say it? Well, I mean, no, no, I was, I wasn't gonna say anything besides that. I was just, I, I definitely. All right, what do I think the movie means? And I, I had to do this after, you know, I don't want to go into my first impression. All right, all right, we'll, we'll come back. But yeah, I mean, I was left kind of confused at the end, like I missed something. It just seemed like things ended very abruptly. You know, um, check it. Here's what the ending is. All right, and I, it took me thirty years. And actually, after I saw it last week, I still had to Google. <laughs> to understand what the end oh, is. So you didn't find out. You just cheated. <laughs> <laughs> so the ending means this, and I actually referred to it inside of that um, that summary. So how do they start the beginning of the movie? They're very pretentious. They're very about money. They need to get this two million dollars. They need to go to this art stuff. And you know what? They're going to a wedding. They're going to a celebration. They don't even know who it's for. Right. So they live a very pretentious, uh, materialistic lifestyle, even though they say that they aren't right. They're like, oh, no, but they are. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, as you see that they continue to tell these stories at all these different events throughout it and stuff, which is kind of like, I think, a good kind of uh, frame. But it starts to be like, man, people just want to hear about that story and not about them. And uh, the female character, her and the Will Smith character she actually does get sort of a kinship with him, right? Uh And she sees a duality with uh, the Paul Poitier character. Um, She sees the... She sees the good parts and the fondness and the intellectual parts, but then she also sees, for lack of a better word, the crazy parts, right? You know what I mean? Like, he's got a good heart. He's got really good intentions, but then he's like, my name's Paul Poitier, and (laughs) your husband's my father. And she's like, they're not your parents (laughs) so she sees those dualities so with her seeing those dualities those two sides then at that ending scene when they're at that uh that 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 table that dinner table and she's just like i i'm I'm, i've had enough of it because over her telling the story more over and over and over it's less of her kind of telling the story about this one crazy guy who came in and now she's like wait i actually feel for this dude in a real way so now let's not talk about him like he's someone on the tv screen or he's Mm -hmm. like an unknown thing he's a real person and so that's why she kind of flipped it at the end she's like yo who the fuck are we that we're just talking about this guy like it was an anecdote that just happened no this is a real person Mm -hmm. this is a real person who said he wanted to be like us so i don't know if i explained it the best but yeah that was good he she would see dualities and she would be like you know what i think that i'm all caring but maybe I'm not. I'm just pretentious. And I'm telling the story about this, this black dude who probably hung himself in jail, who wanted to be like me. Like, it's a funny story on TV. But you know what? He's a real person. So you know what? Maybe I kind of suck. And I think that's what she kind of came to the reality at the end. Yeah. And then Donald Sutherland's like, yeah, two million. I'm a gambler. She's like, yeah, dude, I don't like that. So Yeah. That, so that, those did are- she leave him at the end of the movie? You feel like, I mean, I feel like she left that party, but like. You think she like left her husband? Ah, uh, if you ask me, I think that's typical movie one. You know, you one, one as in like, hey, yeah. interpret it how you want to. Yeah, because right. they left a lot of stuff open ended. Because like, I don't know me, I would have liked to have a little bit more closure. Like, was it him that killed himself in jail? 
did they link up after he got out? But like, I don't know. Like you also given the uh, context that it was a play makes a yeah. lot more sense to me too. Um, but oh, yeah, man. I mean, this was definitely an interesting uh, role to see him in. I wasn't used to seeing him in a role like this. Uh, but like whenever I watched this movie like 10 or 15 years ago, uh, my only like, um, if, uh, my only time seeing Will Smith in anything was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or Independence Day or Bad Boys. Yeah, you just knew like, Fresh Prince and Action Star. So then you yeah. like... So this is radically different. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, he's gay in this. I'm like, wow. I mean, like, even yeah. at times, I could, yeah, even at times, I could, like, see him, like, like in real life being, like, a little homophobic whenever he, like, slapped that uh, that reporter or whatever, whenever he kissed, kissed him on the cheek, like, yeah, five or ten years ago. Oh, Interesting. So in, in my, a lot. in my research on this, um, Anthony Michael Hall, who's another favorite actor of mine, right? In that scene when him and Anthony Michael Hall are like, you know, getting it on, Will Smith did not kiss Anthony Michael Hall in that, in that uh, scene. He purposely did not. He requested to not kiss Anthony Michael Hall. And he was advised not to by Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington advised him of two things. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm Rhonda calls it Eddie fat when I be making up facts. So <laughs> I'm not going to say it's two things. Denzel definitely told him one thing. And Denzel, back in 1993, when Will Smith was in his career, Denzel said, do not kiss a man on screen at this point in your career. And Will Smith has done the, um, since then said that he regretted not doing that. Hmm. My one thing is, I'm like, dude, you ain't going to kiss him, but you had a sex scene where you was like, take it. Somebody. Actually, I don't remember that scene being more graphic back in the day, but yeah. when we watched it, I was like, oh, it wasn't even like that. Graphic. It was very graphic from hey, let me get some. It was literally person. just a it was just a dude jumping out of a bed yeah. naked and like I don't know. All right. So my first impression, I'm sorry, Eddie, are you done? No, can I saw you, man. Hey, 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 okay. Hey, Ange. I'm I have headphones on. She cannot hear you. <laughs> <laughs> For the audience, my wife is waving at the camera as she's walking away. Okay, so uh, I agree. I agree. Um, I'm glad I'm not the only one that just was like, yo, this is like, I've seen it before. I was the one that recommended this, you know what I mean? But I feel like I haven't seen it in 15 years either. So it was I'm a little very bit glad like, you recommended it. Yeah, I was a little like, oh, is this going to work out? Um, Andrea had never seen it either. So we watched it together. I've always kind of, I don't know, over the past couple of years, like I put captions on a lot. You know what I mean? Uh, just, I'm like, yo, like. Oh, I you put the captions on too? Yeah, I had Yeah. To. So I started like, like two minutes in it. I was like, all right, they're talking real quick, quick and saying a bunch of like literature references and paint art references that I'm just not going to get. So I need <laughs> to be able to like read this. And even with that, I was like, bruh, like I was feeling dumb. I was like, damn, like. I don't know any of this references, right? but it was still cool. I got, I got it. Um, and yeah, I felt the same way. I was just like, this ending was so like disappointing. Like there's a lot of really amazing ingredients in this, but I felt like the story to me and just some of the confusingness of it, like was a little bit of a letdown, but um, overall, like, I don't know. It's just, it's stick shit sticks with me like that. That them jumping out of bed. I think that was the first time I'd seen anything re- remotely yes. close to a gay scene. So I remember it like it was ingrained yesterday. in my head, and, and it was <laughs> yes. Will Smith in it too. I don't like I no Will Smith, Fresh Prince, Fresh Prince. <laughs> so 1990s. Like, 
93 Fresh Prince. Yes. It's just like, in my head, I watched like a gay sex scene fully play out. But like in retrospect, I'm like, oh, this is like nothing. So it's just so far ahead of its time. And it's so little talked about that I'm just like, yo, like what? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it, Will Smith is amazing in it. It's a really fun movie. Um, to like, I, as an actor, I would be, I would want to sink my teeth into this because he's just got so many monologues that are beautiful. Like, it really works well as a play. I could totally see it as a play, but it was just like, you could tell he was like, oh, I'm about to go. It, you know, he was like ready, like, oh, I'm about, you could tell it was like, dude, that first, that first scene, dude, he was awesome. Winning, shit. legitimate yeah. actor. So I'm going to go hard for this. And something tells me, I guess this is a Theo's theory, but something tells me that he went so hard and thought that was going to be his Oscar award winning performance there. That after it was like kind of like a critical letdown and didn't really get the the acknowledgement that he was expecting. He was like, I'm gonna go in the opposite direction for so much of my career and was like, Independence Day. And then all these action movies. And then he was like, all right, let me get back to like making some Oscar stuff. Mm-hmm. That's that was my interpretation of it. Cause I just I didn't expect that because all I knew was Fresh Prince of Bel Air and like Independence Day. And then I was like, wait, freaking this like piece of high-end art. Um, my only last thing on it is, I guess I feel like sometimes I feel like smart people go too hard at being smart and they <laughs> lose a lot of their audience. Yeah. And I feel like this movie could have been yeah. dope, but they were so highbrow and so trying to be like smart with it that it was like it wasn't it wasn't a whole story or it was just like there were so many questions that I was distracted by that I couldn't really like sink like I couldn't really like give it a two thumbs up you know because it was just it was yeah, hella confusing I, yeah, yeah yeah i completely agree so my quick note on that before i share my initial uh, first impression was so in the book will that i read which i highly recommend he actually oh, yeah. very mm-hmm. specifically talks about um him accepting this role and his thought process behind it so oh, i should read that he's he's on the <laughs> film he's on the uh, on the set of fresh prince and he starts getting offered his first film roles right and the first film role he ever gets offered is to play like a gangster in a movie called Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. Have you of you guys ever heard that movie, Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. It's uh, Joe Pesci in it. And let's just say, I mean, the plot of the movie is uh, in the title. I mean, Joe Pesci is a gangster. He's flying somewhere. He's got a duffel bag with eight heads in it. <laughs> Whatever, right? And so Will Smith was offered a role to be in that movie. I'm not sure which role, but, you know, something like that. I'm imagining it was either masculine humorous or gangstery right so he got offered that and um that was his first one he was like man i think i maybe do that so his manager jl james lassiter theo i'm trying to be your jl your james lassiter <clears throat> um jl forwards him another script and he was like yeah well you know that a heads and duffel bags all right but here's a role i really think you should accept right so he forwards him six degrees of separation and was like i mean all right, but like, what's the pitch? Why should I do this? And long story short, it was that. It was like, hey, Will, everybody knows that you're handsome and you're funny, right? So, but what we haven't proven is that you're a true actor, right? You go in eight heads in a duffel bag, you know what? You're just being Fresh Prince. You're just being Will Smith again, right? If we try to go to that next level, and Will's always been like this. Will's like, I'm trying to be the biggest star in the world, right? So like, if you're trying to be the biggest star in the world, we don't need to prove that you're funny and that you can rap and that you, you know, that you're handsome. We need to prove to him that you're a real 
accurate and that you're serious about this. That is why they accepted this role right here. Because, I mean, come on, look at the first 20 minutes. It's <laughs> young Will Smith doing a tour de force. And I remember in 1993, at 11, being like, damn, this nigga can really act. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like that first 30 minutes. He is like on point with it and stuff, right? Um, so that's why he accepted it. And so, Theo, he didn't go, oh, this was a critical um, failure. So now I'm going to go the other route. No, he was like, I want to be an independent state in bad boys. And I want to be the 4th of July guy. This is what got him there, right? And it was going to happen, right? Fresh Prince was going to go on longer, right? Fresh Prince ended up having getting uh, ending a year sooner because after this, Hollywood was just like, yo, we need you in some movies. We need you in some movies, bro. So it's kind of like, I mean, he was like, yo, I want to prove to y'all that I can act. I'm not just a rapper. I'm not just funny. I can do this. And then they was like, dude, we want you to act at Independence Day. Actually, Bad Boys was literally what came next. So Bad Boys was what came next. And So um, this wasn't, it, it was, so it was actually an avenue for success. So this yeah. is a wise choice that he did this. Yeah. This and then film. also, it was a box office failure. But I'll tell you right now, this is not a Will Smith movie. This is a Stocker Channing movie. It's a Stocker Channing vehicle. And I'll tell you right now, uh, target audience, I mean, this is not a Will Smith movie. This is a Stalker yeah. Channing vehicle film about, <laughs> you know, how she goes through her uh, <laughs> her journey. I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly about her journey. Yeah, about, about halfway through the movie, I realized, like, oh, Will Smith is not even, like, the main character. It's just... Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, my first impression, I remember it very vividly. So, I mean, it's, it's 1993. I'm 11. And I love Fresh Prince. And so, Mon Darrell, like, Will Smith's in a movie. I'm like, cool. What's it about? And they're like, hey, he goes with some rich people. And I don't know. I'm like, that was boring. But Will Smith's in a movie. Bet. Let's check it on out. Right. So I'm going to tell you right now, first impression, I thought the movie sucked and it was boring. I didn't get it. I was 11. I was 11. Right. And I was like, wait, this is what you're doing. And so, again, I'm going to go back to 11. Right. I loved Will Smith. When I see Will Smith, I mean, for the past 30 years, when I see Will Smith, I see me. So I'm 11. I'm figuring out my own sexuality, right? And again, when I see Will Smith, I see me. So Theo says he remembers that sex scene being made more graphic. I remember that too. At 11, I remember like me and Theo and dad sitting there being like, all right, cool. Whoa. smart. Yeah, and they were like, whoa. Prince. You know what I mean? And again, it was just, I'm 11. And let's just say this. If he was in there with a woman, it still probably would have been a lot. But then they're right there. I'm 11. I'm figuring out, again, just what sexuality is. And on and then that next Monday night, I'm going to see him and Carlton and, and Ashley and Hillary on, on The Fresh Prince, right? So this is kind of messing me up a little bit. So what was my first impression? I thought the movie sucked. It was boring. I didn't get it. But I was like, Will Smith is a good actor. And that sex scene tripped me on out. That was my first impression. <laughs> 30 years later, um... I appreciated it much better, right? I appreciate it much better because now, you know what I'm seeing? When I saw it in 1993, I'm like, man, this guy has potential. Now seeing it 30 years later on the cusp of him winning his first Oscar, it's actually very beautiful and actually nostalgic to see it because it's like seeing, not to be laying with Malcolm and Theo, right? But I love it when I look back at their baby pictures and they're like, they're both grown successful men, right? And it's like, man, I remember when I was changing Malcolm's diapers and I remember me and Theo was fighting about what we could watch on Nickelodeon, right? And now, you know, we're grown men. So that, it was really cool seeing that, especially that those first 30 minutes. 
Um, and now that I actually understand what it's for, um, I appreciate it. But if we get to the stars, though, the thumbs up, I don't know. We'll see. I appreciate it more. But when I first saw it, first impressions, I thought it was born and I didn't get it. All that being said, I don't think 11-year-old black boys were the target audience for this movie. <laughs> Even though they cast Fresh Prince. <laughs> However, it, I don't think they were the target audience for the movie. And I don't think most 11-year-old black boys or younger saw this movie. And I feel like in retrospect, Shout out I to think that right. I feel like that's probably a really kind of progressive thing that our parents did. You know what I mean? I don't think they intentionally did it. I'm sure dad was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but like, no, no, actually, oh, no, we'll talk about this. So cool. You're giving and Denise props. I'm not because I just feel like this. I feel like me and you in 1993 would have been like, my dad, rent that Will Smith movie. We need, to see, we need to see that Will Smith movie. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. So I think we yeah. had no idea what the plot was about, but I feel like me and you oh, yeah. in the year of like, we'll see this Will Smith movie. Because <laughs> we yeah. were like that after every other Will Smith movie in the 90s. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I feel, but like, my, my bigger point is I feel like it wasn't like, like exposure to like homosexuality in like that early 90s um, could have, as a young person, could have gone a really really bad way you know what i mean it could have been very they could have been like bad you know i mean like oh, they could have been that. like that's the devil's work right there yeah yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? it's like i feel like it kind of in some way like normalized it that's point actually good call um, good call right there yeah 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 you know so yeah. it's like pretty cool to to you know to feel like that movie may have had an impact on like just i guess openness to different I'm always like uh, that. It's like, hey, he gay, preferences, cool. You know? Yeah, all right, he gay, cool. Yeah. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> right. All right. right uh, so uh, we talked about first impressions. Now I like talking about this part. So who like to start off with talking about maybe their first or uh, their five? And the reading of this book would be his defense. Young Hinckley, the whiz kid who shot Reagan and his press secretary, said, if you want my defense, all you have to do is read Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> I haven't read it in years. Well, I borrowed a copy from a young friend of mine because I wanted to see what she had underlined. And I read this book to find out why this touching, beautiful, sensitive story published in July 1951 had turned into this manifesto of hate. I started reading. It's exactly as I remembered. Everybody's a phony. Page two, my brother's in Hollywood being a prostitute. Page three, what a phony slob his father was. Page nine, people never notice anything. Then on page 22, my hair stood up. Well, <laughs> remember Holden Caulfield, the definitive, sensitive youth wearing his red hunter's cap? A deer hunter's cap? Like hell it is. I sort of closed one eye like I was taking aim at it. This is a people shooting hat. Right. All right. Uh, so uh, we talked about first impressions. Now I like talking about this part. So who like to start off with talking about maybe their first or uh, their favorite scene? Is there a favorite scene or um, a segment in particular that you'd like to share with us? Anybody like to get things started? My favorite scene, if I can go first, um, was when Weeza walked in on Will and that dude, just because that's when stuff like started <laughs> popping off finally in the movie, because it was yeah. moving like so slow until then. And then that was just kind of like a breakout, like, okay, now the action's coming. It really hit the fan. Yeah. And then it yeah. went like, really? Because like, not only did she see them, 
But then the white dude ran out and like started chasing him. Oh, he was wild too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yo, brought this thing into our apartment. Right, like, right, like limp dick and everything. Yeah, yeah. So that that was my favorite scene, just because it was exciting, and it, then then things started moving a little uh, a, a little bit at a better pace after that. So I'm right there with you because when it's that first thing, you're like, all right, where is this going? And then once you see that, you're like, all right. Now we have plot. Right, right, exactly. So I was happy that that happened. <laughs> it always brings up how, like, a lot of in a lot of HBO st- shows, a lot of stuff now, there would be dudes with like a limp dick on camera. And I try to explain to her, I'm like, I don't think that it they can have a person with an erect penis. <laughs> like, I think that's where like the, the line is drawn. Like, if I you're guess. gonna have a penis on the camera, it's, it better be limp. So, so. Flaccid is good for HBO, but if it's a wreck, then it's porn, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I just noticed that there's a lot, there's a lot these days. Yeah. <laughs> Rhonda's been no- mentioned that too, though. She's like, man, why are we getting a lot of male frontal nudity? I'm good. <laughs> I know. It's not one to one because, like, it's awesome when you're a kid and you watch like a movie and some boobs pop out, but like, I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that for women, they're like, oh, sweet, some limp dick. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, have y'all ever noticed, like, by watching some, like, 70s and 80s movies, how, like, they'll have, like, unnecessary, like, naked scenes with, like, women, especially, like, early 80s movies. It's like, all right, here's the scene when she shows her breasts, and it's not necessary at all. (laughs) I feel like they used to do that a lot in the 80s, but they don't do it as much anymore. I just realized my mother and father-in-law are upstairs and I just screamed out limp dick. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they're not hearing this conversation right now. (laughs) So my favorite scene would probably have to be um, the little outburst that uh, Donald Sutherland's uh, son has whenever he (laughs) finds out that they gave away (laughs) his I hate you! (laughs) Yo, he's pissed because it's funny because, like, the whole scene before, like, they had all the kids together at the round table. Like, everybody was going off and saying shit. I don't think he was saying anything. And then, like, this, like, that next scene, like, out of nowhere, he just pops off for a literally, like, like, a literal minute. Like about it, he's so pissed. I was growing into my body. You gave me that shirt. <laughs> he was it, that shit was hilarious to me. So that was like probably my first, uh, my the funniest scene I thought. My second fun, the funniest scene is whenever Heather Graham's boyfriend's telling the story of how like Will Smith convinced him to like uh, give him money and hooked up and hooked up with him. And he was like, yeah, he was describing the story, and then he was like, you know, you know can you have sex with me? And, and, and I was like, yeah. And, and it was wonderful. Yeah. You, said it a lot more, you put it a lot more gently than, uh, than what he said. He was like, do you want to fuck? Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. He was like, he didn't take any, yeah, it was like very like, it was still like, it was funny with Kazout seeing he, you knew he was gay at that point, but it still kind of like hit you out of left field. You're like, oh, he's about to, about these yeah. to fuck this dude. In the yeah. carriage. In the carriage. Right. Right. That was Andrew's thing. She was like, how did they have sex in the carriage? That doesn't make that wasn't realistic. <laughs> like, <laughs> did they? Did they have sex though? Yeah. I mean, they had to. He said they had sex. <laughs> dude was an idiot, man. Like, it was wonderful. I mean, it's worth it. Yeah, it's 
I love my wife, but like, let me come back and be like, hey, one, I gave away all of our money. Two, I had sex with that dude who was insane. <laughs> like, right. And then he's like, oh, what's the big deal? <laughs> yeah. Why are you yeah. tripping? Like, I'm going to take you to the rainbow room, babe. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We're in tuxedos. Yeah. That, their story, their story thing. So, like, for me, I'm just with this 250 dollars that he stole right he i'm like how what was inflation like because this was 250 dollars y'all like this is not like a huge criminal offense especially not enough for homie to be like i guess i gotta end my life now like it was there was some weird like at the end of the day i'm like yo will smith's character actually i don't know if he actually did anything like illegal he didn't steal money from anybody Including the homie that they, the, the gay dude that are like uh, Heather Graham's boyfriend. Heather Graham's boyfriend gave him that money. So hey, I like that. Like, what did he, he do doctor, illegal? When the doctor tried to kick him out of the house and the cops, he was like, Look, dude, I ain't take none of your money. I talked to you. You gave me your keys. I'm chilling here. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I this mean, whole I, thing, that's like, I'm like, he didn't do anything. Yeah, like he kind of committed fraud, but not really, because it's not like he was showing like IDs of like I'm this person or that person. And so it was all consensual. Like the people all like gave him things and let him in. It kind of reminds me of like the Tinder swindler that we just watched. Like all these women got like ripped off by one dude, but like they they're the ones that are giving the money away. That guy didn't technically do anything illegal either. Yeah. 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 But like the most that he ever got was two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, like what is he was learning all of these people's like lives and having this whole second like like having this whole elaborate scheme so he could like what like stay over at their house for a night or like give <laughs> yeah. fifty to a hundred bucks. Yeah, like that is that was that it? Like because <laughs> that mean, the in game? Yeah, he yeah. Like all all that being said, I mean he was homeless, so that's one thing I kind of got into it too. I'm like. He just want to stay in these people's nice house for a night or two. Like, why don't you like elongate it? Well, one, he's homeless. So one night not sleeping in Central Park is beautiful, right? And then yeah, $250 ain't much, but $250 is a lot more than nothing when you homeless. <laughs> so yeah. he could probably make 250 go a long way. But yeah. Um, so that kind of brings me to my 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 favorite scene, which I guess was the um the phone call. I mean, honestly, Malcolm keeps doing this every week. He's like, "Oh, my second favorite scene was," and then it's my favorite <laughs> one scene. You get one scene, sir. <laughs> uh, but like, my I guess my backup would just be the like call between uh, Lisa's character and Paul, because um, I was like, whenever I don't know, she'd actually be like they made that connection, and I think it kind of made helped me to make sense of this storyline a little bit because she calls him um she's like you're so smart and so dumb at the same time and i'm like yeah because like in my head i'm like bro you spent three months like learning something this impressively so that you could steal anywhere so from you can get one night so you, so you can like, have two nights at two different families house and get what 75 dollars between the two of them one was like <laughs> I gave him 50. Bruh, it was like 25 dollars like, 75 you can get Three months of training, three months of studying something, you could probably get a pretty decent job <laughs> somewhere. Like, or he could have he could afford some documents and be like, "Yeah, I went to college." Like, he could he could have done way more. With his college. <laughs> hey, hey, he should have done he should have done um, black catch me if you can if he was real if he was right. real about the game exactly. <laughs> like, 
That's like, I'm Especially like, if you can, he was now he was doing his con artist stuff. Malcolm, right. uh, Lane, he, wanted to, he wanted to be them, man. He didn't, he didn't care about like the money and just getting the money and doing his own thing. He wanted to live that lifestyle. He wanted to be one of them. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, that's what he was doing. He, he wanted to do I, exactly. But, it. but he still, even in, he got a good, I mean, he learned the shit. He caught, he was able to cross over, but, but he, he decided to go to like the same like neighborhood, the same block and do it to a bunch of like, you're not going to, it's not going to work out. They talk to each other, nigga. Like it was, <laughs> it was never going to work out. Like it took all of a day for two families to be like, Hey, guess what? Some random black dude that was sitting pretty a son. Also this whole story would make zero sense in the age of the internet. They were like, we had to go to a, the back of a bookstore to find out who, who Thank you, these kids are. <laughs> Thank you, Theo. I'm so glad you brought this one up because this happens a lot when I have to tell Rhonda, I'm like, okay, does a cell phone totally, you know what I mean? Like we look at certain old movies, it's like, all right, does the internet or cell phones make this whole movie irrelevant? <laughs> I'll tell you right now, the internet makes this, no, internet and cell phones Makes Wikipedia be <laughs> irrelevant. So let's just say this, right? One, I'm, I'm I've always been even thirty years later. I'm like a random dude shows up at your door and tells you a good story, and you're gonna be like, stay the night. All right, <laughs> Man, but, but, so, so yeah, so let's go with that, right? But then still, right? This movie would not have, or not well, actually one. You know what? It happened. You know, it's based off a true story. But it ain't happened yeah, in 2022 man. because <laughs> no. you know he's gonna be like, hey, I'm friends with your kids at Harvard. You know the parents are gonna be like, "Cool, I'm gonna send my kids a quick text or call just to confirm who you are." You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like right the now, like, the parents went like a whole two, three days before two families even contacted their kids. <laughs> They're like, "Oh yeah, by the way." <laughs> no, uh, the, the dentist. The dentist called that day, but it, he called immediately after like giving the guy a key to his house and be like, "I'll meet you over there later." <laughs> So I got one thing though, right? So like, let's say this, all right? You're at Eastern Michigan or you're at Howard Thiel, I'm at UT. If my dad calls and say a similar situation, I don't know if I'm going to be getting as upset as some of the kids did. I feel like the kids were like, you're an idiot. And why'd you give, why'd you give him a key? I feel like I'm not talking to my dad like that. But also I don't see my dad like giving a key <laughs> or our clothes away to some yeah. random. But I mean, they just I mean, the whole point of those kids was just to like it was a criticism on like the elite and how spoiled their kids are like they were completely irrational in their responses the entire time. (laughs) That's what I like about it. So when I was rewatching it, honestly, I'll tell you right now at the first kind of scene, I was kind of getting a little irritated because I'm like, man, ooh, he's articulate. Me and Rhonda kind of get irritated when people say we're articulate because we feel like that's kind of a way to be like, ooh. You shouldn't be able to enunciate and have proper grammar and you speak well. So, oh, good for you. Right. <laughs> so I kind of was getting a little irritated with that. But as the movie went on, I was like, oh, wait, that's the kind of whole point of the movie. Like the whole joke <laughs> of it. They're like, oh, he was so nice. So we loved him. You know what I mean? He was such a well-spoken black guy. Uh, but I don't know his name. Right. And then like just him be well-spoken is, and, and brought Potier kind of like, you know, gets it across. Uh, a few notes before we kind of wrap it on up and talk about giving our rankings and talk about last night. Um, David Hampton. So who this is based upon in real life. Some of his famous people that he um, that he conned. Um, have any of you guys heard of Melanie Griffith? Yeah. So he conned Melanie Griffith. Have any of you heard of Gary Sinise? 
Oh wow! I thought he's. I thought he just. He did. He caught celebrities. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Malcolm Elaine. Do y'all know who Gary Sinise is? Yeah. Okay. Have you seen Forrest Gump? Yeah. Lieutenant Dan is Gary oh, Sinise. Oh dang! Okay. Calvin Klein. Wow. Oh dang. Um. Yeah. <clears throat> one of the best. And I would say one other person that really I think comes to speaking is Leonard Bernstein. Leonard Bernstein, you probably don't know his name. Yeah, I'm going to explain to you who he was. You part of the ha- Bernstein family? <laughs> no, he's not a Bernstein bear. Okay. <laughs> um, no, no. You guys know the, the West Side Story? They did a remake, but they had the original one in 1960. So Leonard Bernstein wrote... Have you ever heard of the movie West Side Story? You never heard of it? Yeah. Okay, Leonard Bernstein did the original lyrics to West Side Story. So I don't oh. know. He's a playwright. So oh. he's kind of like... He's kind of like the Lynn Manuel Miranda of like our parents' generation. So these are all the people that that he conned. In the- hey, he was getting around. So uh, before we talk about last night, um, <clears throat> so thumbs, right? Lame. If you're familiar or not familiar, we try to give our two thumbs. Now we'll have eight total thumbs that we'll give up or down. I want to start off. <sighs> I'm not going to give it two thumbs down. Um, I'm going to give it one thumb up, and the only thumb I'm giving it is an emotional thumb up because it is Will, Fist, Will Smith's first movie. And not only is it his first movie, but I just think those first 30 minutes, I feel like those first 30 minutes of those film helped lay the groundwork for these past 30 years and ultimated with him getting his Oscar. Those first 30 minutes is just like incaptivating. So, but I think the rest of the movie sucks. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm not going to say the rest of the movie sucks. I'm going to say this. I did not enjoy it when I first saw it when I was 11, 30 years ago. I saw it 30 years later. I appreciate rewatching it. Probably not going to ever watch it again. So <laughs> I'm going to give it one thumb up. And that one thumb up is it was Will's first role. And um, I think he was in Captivating. It. What about y'all? Yeah, I'm going to give it one thumbs up, one thumbs down. I watched it with Andrea kind of excited like oh I didn't let her know like and, and it was the same things that it was like surprising for me was for her but then I hadn't seen it in like 15 years and then like after it ended I was kind of like oh sorry I wasted your time <laughs> it was, you know what I mean like I expected her to be more excited and like surprised by the gay part but like once that shock went over and then we just had to like sit with the movie like, yeah I feel you yeah yeah I feel you yeah and again right um she's not 11 and it's not 1993 right it's 2022 right. so she's kind of like oh okay whatever okay right. right you know what I mean you're yeah. on yeah 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 um but it's still like, yeah, he's a great actor in it. I mean, the other people were great in it too. We didn't get the chance to talk about like our breakout stars, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I only know Stalker Channing from one other movie. Do you guys know what the other Stalker Grease. Channing movie it's is? The only other fucking movie she's Grease. in. Grease. Rizzo, Rizzo got a butt in the oven. And she's like a badass. She's like from the like the hard streets of wherever the fuck Grease is taking place. So it's kind <laughs> of like an impressive, like completely different character for her. And I believe her in both. So Theo, I say when me and you saw this in 1993, me, when me and you saw this in 1993, me and I remember we was like, oh, it's Fresh Prince of Rizzo. Rizzo, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, last thing, another thing from the book. Oh, I need to bring this one up. This is Will Smith's first movie. He method acted in this movie. 
Malcolm Elaine, are y'all familiar with method acting? Oh, he was like acting like it, like offset and stuff. Yes. He was like, my name's not Will. My name is, is Paul. I'm Paul. And when he, when he, when he's, when he's, when it's not in the scene and when he'd go home. So here's the story. His first marriage got ruined because of this movie, because he was method acting. It was his first time learning how to be a film actor. And think about how weird his character is in this. Right. So he literally says there'd be times when he'd be back at home with dinner with his first wife and he'd be acting like that. And she's like, dude, like, what's up, man? Like, am I talking to Will or am I talking to Paul? You're being weird, man. What's up? So he kind of like admits he's like, so that ruined my first marriage and I don't do method acting anymore. Um, I'm rolling my eyes heavy because how are you going to be method acting and committed to being this character? Who's gay? <laughs> but you're also like, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kiss, I'm not gonna kiss a dude. That's gross. Like what? <laughs> dude, you either method act or you don't. <laughs> he did. Did you say earlier that he deliberately chose not to kiss a dude on set? Like, I mean, no, no. I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna give you this. I mean, Denzel said, don't do it. I mean, yeah. are you gonna follow Denzel's advice when you're a 1993 black male actor? And if Denzel right. gives you some advice, I mean. I'm not him. mad at him for not kissing the dude. I'm just saying, if you're going to commit to being a method actor, <laughs> then kiss like, Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> yeah, then you know, it's like you're either doing one or you're not. And he was like, kind of half-assed method like, acting. I'm going, to, I'm going to ruin my marriage, but I ain't going to kiss Anthony right. Michael Hall. Got you. <laughs> Interesting. For me, it's a one thumbs up, one thumbs down. I thought it was good for one watch, but like you said, I'm probably not going to watch it again um, unless like a circumstance comes up that I should. But it, it was good for one watch. It's somewhat thought provoking, um, but a little confusing. Will really acted well in it, and I thought that um, Stalker Channing did well too. What's your favorite Will Smith movie, Elaine? I was just thinking about that. I think my favorite uh, is probably Seven Pounds. I just feel like it's like really wow. Insane. Yeah, that's cool. I've not seen that since the theaters. I remember seeing it that one time. Yeah, I gotta say, I gotta say, wow about Elaine, and I love that. I love that little sis um, because uh, I need to rewatch that movie because that's definitely. Not my- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That movie was a buzz kill. And then about, like, dying or like he's got to give seven pounds of flesh. It's yeah, a fucking buzz kill. Yeah. And no. so many good films to choose from. Um, but that one is just the most moving for me. No, I'm, I'm open to it. And I like your opinion because I remember when Malcolm first saw Focus, Malcolm was like, yo, this is one of the best Will Smith movies in, in a good long time. And I was like, I don't know, bro. It's a bold statement. He was in Bad Boys. Focus is cold. And Bad Boys too. <laughs> but then when I came around and saw Focus, I was like, okay, Malcolm's got to Focus is cold. Yeah. And the deal brings up the point. He kind of had like a 10, 15 year like drought. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was in movies. But anyone know we was going to watch. So yeah. all right. So we got Theo's thumbs. We got Elaine's thumbs. We got my thumbs. Why don't we close it on you, Malin? Mine is uh Mine is uh, gonna be one thumbs up, one thumbs down, just because again, like it was hard for me to follow at times. It was, it was going over my head a lot, and I felt like I didn't really get that closure at the end of the movies that I really like to have. And another movie that we just watched recently, a '90s movie, where I also felt like I didn't get like like closure at the end or don't think it wrapped up well, was 
uh, interview with the vampire. Me and Elaine just watched that with Brad Pitt uh, a couple of nights ago. Um, was so your first time seeing it? Yeah, it was our first time seeing it. And I thought it was dope. Like, for a while, it was going good. But I don't know. I just feel like they rushed the end on that. And I didn't get a lot of closure in that movie either. But there was, like, a lot of actors, a lot of people in that. I was like, damn, they got... I like uh, to discuss yeah. that on the sidebar with you. Um, yeah, that's one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, it's, no, it's easy. Yeah, let's do a sidebar, <laughs> but that's easily one of my favorite all-time movies. One, I think Brad Pitt kills it in that. Yeah. Brad Pitt was killing in 1994. Yeah. In 1994, he had Legends of the Fall and this. So he was killing it. Secondly, what I love about that movie is, I think he's a pretty face in that, but then I think this is my favorite Tom Cruise role. I think yeah, Tom I really Cruise is stunting. I think Tom Cruise is stunting. Right? Yeah, he's definitely so yeah, I, I think it's my favorite Tom Cruise role. Lestat, and he's the bad guy. I love bad Tom Cruise. He's evil, right? And then I gotta be honest, so it ain't bad. I was I was the same age. We're the same age as her. Yo, I even told Ron and my wife, yo, uh 1994, Eddie, I was 12. Yo, I was crushing on Chris and Dennis, man. <laughs> I was crushing hard. So that's why I love the movie. I was like, all right, vampires, cool. Brad Pitt, cool. Tom Cruise. He's super mean and he's greatness. And then the little girl who's my age, all right, I think she's cute. And, and then, it, but then I think, but also, not only did I think she was cute, at 12, I was also recognizing, I'm like, whoa, this little 12 year old girl is holding her own. Yeah. With Brad Pitt and yeah. Tom Cruise. And she's a little girl. I'm a boy. <laughs> 12 year old Eddie boy having to act in front of Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, I'd be intimidated. So for her to do that, I was like, man. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk separately. There were some good performances in there. I just wasn't super happy with the plot. The Lost Boys is still my my favorite uh, vampire movie, but um, but yeah. And then like my last thing is um, as well as like you know with this movie, like you know going from a play to a movie, like you know there's a way to go about it. I don't think that they this was a good make for going for a movie to uh uh. I'm going from a play to a movie. Uh, um, I. A situation where I do think it was a good uh, transition from a play to a movie was The Shapes of Things. I don't know if y'all ever seen The Shapes of Things with Paul Rudd. Uh, I remember like seeing that the first time I'm, like, in a film class in college. And it was like, I thought that movie was super dope. And I, I got a lot of closure at the end of that movie. I thought that movie was sick. And for extra credit, Never we heard actually it. had it. Huh? What are you saying? Never, never heard of it. Oh, you never it. seen it? You should watch the shapes of things. You should watch yeah, it. It's really never good. even heard of it. Yeah. yeah, it's like Paul, it's like one of Paul Rudd's like first movies. Um, and then like for extra credit, like our our uh we had to go, and I took you lame to this. Um, we had to go to see the play like that our school was putting on. They were putting on the same play, and and we saw it, and like I don't know, I just think that that was a really good movie. I thought I liked the movie better than the play. Okay. Are we talking Honestly. about Interview the vampire and shape of, shape of things more than the movie that we review in. in the no, 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 no. He's bringing up shapes of things. He's talking about no. There's connection there, Theo. No, because he's talking about the uh, the play, the so, play, the play. And then also interview with the vampire, which maybe I want to tangent, but he was talking about these '90s movies and them having endings that be kind of like sorry. yo, it ended, and it's like, and I hate movies when it's like it ends, and I'm like, wait, it yeah. ended. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's how I felt about this. Right. Like, I just, I just know we over, we already overtime and we ain't got to the slap yet. So I was just, that was my, my sassy way of trying. So to with, that, with that, with that, so the slap. So if I'm gonna set that right, um, 
you know, we're going to do a spotlight and our original intention was to do a spotlight to focus on the Will Smith book, but I think it's appropriate for us to discuss uh, last night. So before I open up the floor, I'm just going to say this um, last night, <clears throat> uh, Will Smith won his first Oscar for uh, acting in King Richard. Uh, prior to that, um, shout out to my man, Quest Love. Uh, when Chris Rock was doing presenting that award, he made a joke about uh, <clears throat> Jada Pinkett's hair, haircut, specifically saying she had the G.I. Jane haircut. Not knowing the details, but um, apparently, which is very apparent, it appears that Will Smith did not appreciate that. He thus ensued to walk up and pimp smack the <laughs> shit out of Chris Rock. <laughs> um, and then um, 30 minutes of awkwardness and then he wins his award. <laughs> um, and then so that's what we have right here. And I think that we've all been in um, what you are in Denver. I'm in Dallas. Theo's in Oakland. We've all been texting about all day, but now we can talk about it. So now that I've let the scene, Theo, Malcolm, Elaine, just what are some of your thoughts on the situation? If any. Greatest moment comments. in television history. Seriously. <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for it, man. I mean, I wasn't even watching the Oscars or anything. I'm not even going to stunt. But it was hilarious. I think that it was uncalled for. And, you know, obviously you should never just be slapping people. I don't think that Chris Rock had the context um, about why uh, Jada Pinkett had her hair that way. Um, and But, you know, it was it was hilarious. It's a stunning moment. Um, I, I would I am it's unfortunate that you know Will let the his emotions get to the best of him and he kind of may have ruined that moment for himself a little bit, but um it was hilarious. I don't know. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I mean yeah, I don't know. I didn't think it, I don't know, like the the further I get away from it, like the less like, oh shit. And the more I sat, I'm just sad for Will Smith. Um, I'm like, I'm, I'm sad for him. Cause I know that he has been going hard trying to get his first like Oscar award for best actor. And he finally got it. And it's never going to just be the night I won my first Oscar. He didn't really, like, I mean, he put it on a good front. He got to take a lot of really great photos and turn up afterwards, but you know, the whole did time. Did you really, see Jaden's tweet? No, yeah. what did he say? I fucking loved it. That's exactly what I would have done if dad would have did that. <laughs> the that's how we do things. <laughs> no, oh, I think he was like, yeah. that's how we do Good. it. Good. Good. Could, you, could you imagine if dad did that for mom? I'd be, say, I'd be like, dad, you did too yeah. much. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's cool. Like, from one standpoint, it's cool to be like, yeah, I was standing up for my, my, uh, my wife. Like, and I get, I get, you know, to a certain extent, but one, I know he, I know he was, to get up and think that that was a good idea. I know he was drinking. Um, I know he probably had some nerves. Yeah, yeah he was. Um, I like, and it's just like, you know, like, it it just wasn't, it's not the result he wanted. No, there was no way that that was going to be like, yeah, good. Everybody was going to applaud him for that. And it just <laughs> sullied that night for him. And it's always going to be the conversation. It, I mean, it sucks for anybody, honestly, who wanted, like, I just is at, at my job. And we were That's having, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, we're black people. Like, yeah, you're right. Any, yeah, you're yeah. right. Anybody who's who's just um, who's just freaking what? Like, you know, some people at my job just got back from the awards yesterday, and we had a whole like toast or whatever. But like, it was kind of they didn't win, and like, this is the conversation for 2022's Oscar awards 
for always now. So it sucks for a lot of people. I saw his post today. He apologized. Wait, that, wait. Uh, folks ain't talking about Encanto and Bruno? Uh, I mean, that's not our film. Yeah, so no. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm sad for him because I know that he's like, he's regretting it. There's a better way to handle it. Honestly, I could, like, I just know that, like, even if he had, like, yo, like, gone in on Chris Rock behind the scenes, it's also sucks because it's black on black kind of situation. Like, you would want in the public for that to kind of be like, you know, and we barely get invited to these events anyway. So I don't want it to have to be a respectability politics kind of thing, but it's just like, yo, like, (laughs) Will Smith could come out with another, like, you know what I mean? Like, Will Smith could come out with another dope ass Oscar award winning. Uh, performance, and we're but you don't that. think that like him getting nominated is even going to be something that they're going to be like? I don't know though. Do we really yeah. want to have him? You know what I mean? It's just like it's it sucks for a lot of reasons. So and I'll um, say this though, but does it though? Because I'm going to say this. Well, here's my one metaphor, and I've been chatting with folks on this. So I'm kind of like fuck the Grammys, right? Because I kind of thought the Grammys matter until all the artists who I see that matter in the real world don't get recognized by the Grammys. So I'm like, yeah. okay, so there was a world where it's like, hey, if you want to get, I don't know, credibility, you need to get a Grammy, right? That's official credibility. Mm-hmm. But now, again, Jay-Z, Drake, right? Or a whole bunch of other people that have been at the top of the charts for the past 10, 20 years that don't get Grammy recognition. So is it, hey, they don't got Grammy recognition, so they're without? Or the Grammys not really fucking matter. And you know what? These guys are still great. So I'm kind of with that point of like, yeah, you know what? He may have lost some business opportunities with this. Mm-hmm. But after 30 years of Will Smith's career, isn't, I, I honestly, I feel like him is like, a, 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 an Oscar is like, hey, an achievement and great. But you know what? Yeah. If this gets, if it's removed or he never gets another Oscar, are we going to be like Will Smith wasn't Will Smith for the past 30, 40 years? I mean, really? and honestly, I don't care. I don't think yeah. he's ever, honestly, his Oscar chasing movies have been my least favorite Will Smith movies. Honestly, yeah. I watch Hitch over seven pounds any day, personally. You know <laughs> hey, I mean? I'm right there with you, though. Yeah, I'm right there. You know what I mean? So I'll, I'll leave. I, yeah, I'll leave. Me, yeah, but, right, I, it, yeah. but it feels like this is something that's big for him. And it feels like he's not only kind of sullied this big like the biggest night of his acting career but he might have sullied if he ever was trying to pursue that again he might have sullied those opportunities as well so i don't know like i'm i feel i feel conflicted because i'm like i get where it comes from but i just it's like literally it's be it's like he became the fresh prince of bel-air in 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 bel-air right that first episode right where it's like dude you just made one bad decision that could have really like like, it's feel like he had that moment, like he could have had that choice moment and he could have chose a better decision, but he, he, he did, he got one little fight and now he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna mess up, you know, like it, at this, that's going to stick with him and it's going to stick with this award forever. So I've been getting on Rhonda's nerves a little bit today, but, um, and my friends, cause I've been like, y'all should read the book. Cause I feel like I'm very clear on why he did that. So, unfortunately, he starts the book off <clears throat> speaking about the fact that his father, Daddy-O, um, beat the shit out of his mother, physically abused his mother. And a common theme throughout the entire movie is his regret at the fact that he did not 
defend his mother and he didn't defend his sisters. That's a common theme throughout. It starts. That, that's how the book starts. And he continues throughout with that theme right there. Further, he talks about his marriage. Further, he talks about his relationship with Jada Pinkett. Further, he talks about sometimes when, man, I'm all me. Sometimes I see a little bit of me. Well, hey, I got all this all going on me. And sometimes you think you're trying to show your wife love, but then sometimes it's really just all about you, right? And he, he describes times in the past when it was Jada's 50th birthday party and he traveled around the world and he found out who uh, Jada's uh, ancestors were and who the slave masters who owned her, her ancestors were. And he did a big video about it and stuff. And everybody thought it was great. And then Jada was like, okay, was that for me or was that for you? <laughs> Because it seems like it's all about you. So how about we just peace? So, and again, you know, um, I, I tell Rhonda, we watch Lucy, we watch being the Ricardos. When I see Rhonda, I see, um, I see, I love Lucy because Rhonda can be uh, kind of silly like that. But also I see Jada Pinkett in my wife, Rhonda. And y'all know my wife, Rhonda, y'all, y'all sister as well, right? Um, so what I saw right there, what really brought me there is like Chris Rock made that joke about Jada <laughs> and then Will laughed. And then Jada wasn't feeling it. And she looked at Chris. And then she looked at Will. And she was like, I'm not feeling that joke. And you laughed at that joke and I'm not feeling it. So then I feel like Will was like, I won't say lizard brain, but it's like, all right, I got two choices right now. This is an opportunity. Opportunity to prove to my wife that I got her back, right? Or keep it chill and not cause no drama. And I feel like lizard brain, he was like, you know what? I'm going to possibly fuck up my career. This is on national television. I'm going to look bad as a black man. Everybody's going to be talking about this. This is the obvious, uh, arguably the greatest day in my life that I'm going to risk and be talking about the biggest risk in my life. Right. But I think he was just like, this is an opportunity for my wife to know that without a doubt, I have her back. And everybody else in the world who has thought one thing of me for the past 54 years are probably now going to think differently of me, except for my wife. And I think maybe he's just kind of like, man, I fucked up. But as long as my wife don't think I'm crazy, I'm going to sleep good at night. Um, and maybe he did a little too much <laughs> kind of doing that. Like maybe he could have, you know, uh, actually one of my, my frat brothers, not frat brothers, one of my high school friends was like, man, how much better that would look if he would have went up and walked up to uh, Chris Rock and been like, hey, I demand an apology. I'm like, yeah, that would have been great. Yeah. But I've been lizard brain sometimes, you know, when you could be like flight or flight. I don't think Will Smith was thinking. I think it was just kind of like <laughs> adrenaline. Yeah, that? <laughs> I'm on national television. This dude talking about my wife again. Smack. Uh-oh. What's I did the this on boondocks? national television. <laughs> the boondocks. It perfectly explained in an episode of the boondocks, a nigga moment. That was a nigga moment. Just, yeah, moment. I get yeah, it, so... dude. Did that really explains it? But I'm like, no, moment, honestly, yeah. I just feel like I just wish he would have. Like, yeah, that's it, it really makes sense, but also it's like Jada could have been mad at him. She could have been really mad at him. Maybe like like if he didn't do anything about it in that moment, but if he had waited till after he got the awards and put Box hands on Ross right behind scenes, it would have still got the point across. But he could have just wait. The timing was so bad. He didn't like he could have waited, bro. <laughs> like, it wasn't the putting the hands on. It was just the time, like yeah. doing it on this public stage that was like, bro. And then public stage, right? So one, it's unacceptable what he did, whether he's white or black or whatever have you, right? Um. That being said, 
race matters. And he is one of the first few black, one of the very few black men to win an Oscar. And it's tough to not say that, like that this is not an issue. We all want to be like, hey, you know, again, if it, if Brad Pitt did that to Leo, right, it, it still would have been unacceptable. And I feel like we all have been talking about this. However, yeah. he is a black man. Black men don't win. Black people don't win the Oscars that much. And we can't erase the fact about that that's an issue. And so that's actually kind of, um, I've been doing a lot of studying lately on W.E.B. Du Bois and, um, and, uh, and Booker T. Washington. And it really kind of gets me to that, too. It's like, how can I say this, man? It's like, dude, it's a double mistake. One, Will, you shouldn't have done that. Secondly, bruh, if there's someone who is possibly racist and wanted to be like, yeah, that's why we can't let these niggas <laughs> out, you giving them ammunition, bro. You yes. giving them ammunition to be like, oh yeah, they act like animals. <laughs> I kind of want to go to Fox News tonight and just troll and see what kind of like and see what they're talking about. Because I, I bet you I will hear a headline or see uh, I hear somebody say Will Smith and Thug in the same sentence. Like, that's the type of like. That's what they're looking for. Like, sucks, yeah. sucks, because it's respectability politics. And I want to be, I want to have the freedom to make dumb mistakes without my dumb mistakes reflecting on my race. But that you don't have that freedom, especially if you're Will Smith. No, yeah, I mean, I did the same thing with Jawan Howard. I mean, we saw in text when Jawan Howard hit that dude, right? I hate to say this though, Jawan Howard is not the coach of Michigan. He's a black coach of Michigan. Right, you can't be hitting other coaches. <laughs> so, um, maybe we went on buzzkill, but I feel like it was kind of relevant. On a last note, I think full circle and maybe kind of poetic is this. Um, do any of y'all know who was the first black man? Sidney Poitier. Sidney <laughs> Poitier. Do any of y'all know who was the last black man to win an Oscar? Will Smith. So maybe in closing on that note is, you know, maybe if it's unfortunate the way um, that we'll handle this, and maybe it's a little bit poetic, right? You know what I mean? Because how did he start off his career? Um, by playing someone that was impersonating to be Sidney Poitier's son, right? Um, quick, another little story, two other quick Will Smith, Sidney Poitier stories. When Will Smith ended up actually meeting Sidney Poitier, Sidney Poitier was like, yeah, I think you handsome enough to pretend to be my son. <laughs> I don't know. So I like that. Another great Sidney Poitier song that I heard, um, not heard, what I read in the book, uh, Will Smith has a great relationship with Nelson Mandela. He met with Nelson Mandela several times. And when Nelson Mandela was uh, in prison for 26 years, Nelson Mandela told Will Smith, he was like, hey, when I was in prison, I watched and heated the night. And when Sidney Poitier in the heat of the night says, um, what do you know? There's a, there's a famous line in the heat of the night. And they're like, what do they call you, nigga? And Sidney Poitier slaps a white cop and he says, they call me Mr. Tibbs. Right. That's like a civil rights moment right there. Right. So Nelson Mandela is in a jail in South Africa and they let them show they let them see movies once a month. So Nelson Mandela told Will Smith when Will Smith visited him, he was like, I was able to recognize the importance of the civil rights movement and how things were going on in America by watching that movie. And so Nelson Mandela was telling Will Smith, he was like, you need to continue on and acting in your roles because storytelling, telling these stories 
is actually being an activist. And he says that Nelson Mandela was able to advance his uh, his cause by looking at movies and stuff. So I thought that was kind of cool, like, you know, bringing back to the Sidney Poitier other stuff. The last Sidney Poitier thing I want to bring on out there is this. People don't talk about this. He's a great actor, but he directed one of my favorite, favorite, favorite films, Fast Forward, which we may do on <laughs> review is Theo, come on, man. You got to leave me paying with the Fast Forward. You remember Fast Forward, bro? I do remember Fast Forward. I just didn't expect that that to be what you said. I, <laughs> yeah, man. Fast it's forward. A, check it's that a out. Bad, like eighties dance, break dancing movie. Great uh, dancing. Yeah. Great break yeah. dancing. Yeah. That was great. I was so, laughing. I was already. Just, I was distracted by your last story because I thought you were going to end it with Nelson Mandela's story about being like, I mean, it's it, Nelson Mandela inspired me because he saw the slapping scene in. <laughs> <laughs> And so he said, slapping. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. <laughs> 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 <laughs>